0: Welcome to the Blind Podcasters Roundtable, a part of the Blind Podmaker Club here on Clubhouse and also, of course, recorded for the Blind Podmaker podcast feed. It's Jonathan Mosin with you on a Monday morning, the 5th of April in New Zealand. We've got a nice long weekend, so I got myself out of bed nice and early, even though it is not a work day here in New Zealand, so how about that? And there are no guests, there's no theme today. Every so often, I thought it would be really cool to just have an open forum where we could discuss whatever's on your mind relating to podcasting. You may have a hint or a tip or a question. Anything is absolutely fine if it's relating to podcasting, whether it be a microphone you want to tell us about, a question about podcast hosting, absolutely anything relating to the art and science of podcasting, you're very welcome to raise your hand and be in touch and we'll just see where the conversation goes. We've had quite a bit of discussion on our Blind Podmaker email group and if you're not on that yet and you would like to be, then you can send a blank email to creators-subscribe at theblindpodmaker.com. That's creators-subscribe at theblindpodmaker.com. We did launch the podcast in the last week, and we have a really cool Blind Podmaker logo, thanks to our graphical designer who does these sorts of things for me. And so it's great to be in all the podcast feeds. And if you would like to record a demo of any podcast related service or equipment, I believe Tim Cummings is working on one for the Zoom PodTrack P4, then please feel free to do that. The P4 sounds like a really amazing piece of equipment. And while you may be required to commit a little bit to memory, it's not too arduous by the sounds of it. To uh, do that. And so I'm really looking forward to seeing what people do with the PodTrack P4. It's got mix minus in it. It doesn't have a touch screen. You can do all sorts of really cool stuff with the PodTrack P4. So if you're looking for something for dedicated podcast recording, then this is definitely worth checking out and considering So let us open it up right away without any further ado, as they say, and we will talk to Ryan, who I know is a a seasoned podcaster. Welcome, Ryan.
1: Yeah, Thanks, Jonathan. It's Ryan. I had to change my audio to high quality. Oh, Good on (laughs) you. you. Thanks. So kind of a two-part question for you. Do you record your own jingles? And if not, how or where do you get them made? I wish I could sing like that. (laughs) No, I don't.
0: I get my jingles for my Mosin at Large podcast from Jam, the people who make the radio jingles um, for a lot of radio stations around the world. They have a program called Jam Personal Cuts, and I believe it's about $350 a cut. So unfortunately, it is not cheap, but that's what I uh, use for the jingles. One option that you might consider is KJS Productions, uh, and we can keep it in the blind community that way. And Kelly Supergia has been doing those jingles for ages, and he does a really good job and uh, is a lot more reasonably priced than Jammer.
1: Okay, perfect. Yeah, I know Kelly well, so I'll reach out to him Oh, yeah, because
0: he's a fellow Canadian. And of course, we all know that all blind people in one country (laughs) know all the blind people in another country. That's right. That's funny. Uh, How's your podcast going?
1: Well, you know, we're 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 pretty stale. We're actually starting our sixth year coming up here in May, and so we're looking at doing a bit of a refresh. So that's kind of why I'm looking at getting some jingles professionally made. We're kind of looking at how we can freshen up the show a little bit. So yeah, it's going well. You know, week after week, we're still chugging along. Very good. Yeah. So you're still publishing. We are.
0: What podcast host are you using?
1: We're using Podbean.
0: Yeah. Is that working out okay?
1: Yeah. My colleague, Rob, who's cited, looks after all of that stuff. So he does the posting. He gets the transcripts done, posts them as well. Um, Like you mentioned previously, we are using Otter AI. So he has to go in, of course, manually and, and clean it all up. But... Um, it's affordable. so
0: Yeah, it really is. And uh, how much cleanup has to be done? Because, gosh, I tell you, uh, going through three hours of <laughs> Mosin at large with Otter AI is just hideous.
1: Our typical recording is our shows are about an hour in length, and it takes him about an hour or so to do the edit of the transcript. Really?
0: So, yeah. yeah. So you, you might almost be um, just as efficient doing a transcript yourself, potentially.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah, it's a shame that real human transcripts are so costly, though.
1: They are. We've had a couple done, and yeah, it's pretty pricey.
0: Are you using Rev for those?
1: No, we were using a company out of Alberta called... Oh, what were they called? I can't remember, uh, but it was a local Canadian company that was doing the transcriptions.
0: Do you know what they were charging?
1: It was about seventy dollars per hour.
0: Yeah, so Rev charges one dollar fifteen per minute US. It used to be one dollar, and then they put it up to one dollar fifteen US per minute, and they are quite accurate. But you know that that really adds up. I mean, if you're producing three hours of content a week, that's hideous. That's why I have applied for a grant to try and get that sorted.
1: Yeah, exactly. And like we do, like I said, at about an hour a week, so four episodes a month. Yeah. And, you know, it definitely adds up, you know.
0: Yeah. Well, very good. Well, good luck with the jingles. I look forward to hearing um, how the rebranding goes.
1: Yeah, we're kind of excited. We're still trying to sort all that out, but... Stay tuned for more.
0: Oh, We will, we will. All right, well, <laughs> well, we'll keep you on the stage. Feel free to chime in if anything comes up that you can help us with. I love all the permutations that people are using to um, get on stage with good quality audio. And I should say that Tim Cummings recommended to me this Marshall microphone, the MML, oh gosh, like MM130XL or something. It's full of letters and numbers, but I did post it to the Blind Podmaker Club. And when I first got this mic, I was quite disappointed. First, because it was quite hissy, but I found that by changing the tiny little recessed switches that need some sort of like a stylus or something to change them, you can increase the volume of the mic. That has helped. And then I was also disappointed because just like that, like you heard before, I could hear voiceover bleeding through in almost like a direct way. Into the audio, it was very disappointing. But I found that I was able to fix that by using the uh, a different lightning adapter. There was something dodgy, mm. yeah, about the lightning adapter that I was using. So that's it. what What are you coming into Clubhouse with?
1: Well, it's funny because after our last podcast about a week and a half ago, all of my audio went south. So oh. <laughs> that's that's why you're hearing voiceover coming through. But I am using a condenser microphone called a Stellar X Two made by Tech Zone Audio Products, and it's connected to an Allen & Heath ZI-10 FX mixer slash interface. And my iPhone XR is connected to an iRig 2 guitar interface, which is connected to the mixer. So oh, that's what I'm talking oh, to you in right now.
0: I bet you the iRig people are so happy Clubhouse came along. <laughs>
1: You should be getting commission.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I really, I thought to myself, I need to put like a set up an Amazon affiliate link or something. But uh, yeah, yeah. All right, lovely. Thank you, Ryan. I'm going to bring someone on the stage now, and I have a series of um, non non English characters, so I can't tell who this is, but hopefully you know how you you know who you are. Hello there.
2: Hello. I think you're calling me. Yes, I am. Okay, Jonathan. This is. Ken or John, you can choose whatever you like. No problem for me.
0: It's nice so, to hear from uh, you. Where are you coming in from?
2: I'm just uh, coming from Turkey. So um, we did speak with you a long time ago while you're uh, working at Freedom Scientific, right? So uh, we are also, yeah, we are also mailing sometimes. Maybe you remember last time you have just added me to the promo Dropbox, and also we talked about the uh, IRIG your setup connection. Did you did you remember a few uh, days ago? Yes. Yep. Yep. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so one of the fans uh, at most at large. So. <laughs> and also one of the other Pinecast user. I think we have started at the same time to use Pinecast because uh, I'm a uh, web developer. And after research, I found it useful. And on same week, I think I saw your podcast with Matt. So uh, I met with him as well. So, yeah, that's all. So, uh, first of all, thank you um, to this great session. No problem. I just would like to share some of my um, experience, if possible. Please do go ahead. Okay. Uh, first of all, I'm just connect uh, directly talking to iPhone internal microphone right now. I am not using any uh, because I'm not in my studio right now. So I will uh, talk about in two different things. The first one is after your. Um, episode about iRig2, I got new one. I have just connected to my device, I will mention later. So, when I uh, also, as a, a Fairlight user, I when I enable the monitoring, I noticed that there is some background noise. So, I just called my distributor and I'm saying that I would like to refund this unit. <laughs> so, I will return it. But now, today, when I uh, listen, you carefully. I'm hearing the same background noise as well. Yeah, the sound quality is very awesome. The you know connection is, is smooth, but there is some a different noise background noise available. So it seems that it's a expected thing. The other thing is that I want to mention. I'm one of the beta user of the Roadcaster Pro uh, podcast production studio. Um, so. Maybe you heard me before. I'm also the one of the creator of the RME OSC control application to manage RME uh, sound interfaces with the screen reader. We have created the application with Alexi, uh, Alexi from the Germany um, uh, AZ OSC application. Maybe you you heard it before. Um, so. <clears throat> Yeah, that's all. Unfortunately, um, the Rodcaster Pro has a touch screen. and uh, one of the product manager left from the company. Uh, we have added some functions for the blind. For example, um, instead of touchscreen double tap uh, power button to turn off the unit, uh, they have implemented some feature. But he left from the company, and new product managers are not, um, you know, not uh, okay for the accessibility at startup. But after a long conversation and getting promise from the uh, Mr. Friedman, uh, he's founder of the road., uh, they have officially started work with uh, Vision Australia to make their product accessible for the future. Um, and they have sent an email to me and they have said uh, thanks to you because it's 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 uh, done after with your <clears throat> contribution. Uh, so we have now officially work with uh, Vision Australia to make uh, future road products accessible uh, for the blind. So this is a news I just want to share with you. Yeah, that's all.
0: That's very positive, but presumably that will require a new hardware revision. So we're looking at the next so. Roadcaster. Yeah, sure. Yes, yeah. But, yeah,
2: but normally, maybe if if they can allow us to, you know, allows us to use OSC or you know any, uh, for example, uh, a new um, version of the software is on the way, and the PHN photo mentioned in the YouTube video, I have in the beta, but, you know, it's not possible to talk about beta, but they have, you know, talked uh, publicly, so I can share that. Uh, they have added MIDI support. For example, it is possible to use dedicated button on the unit uh, for, for uh, as a MIDI control. Uh, if they have expanded a feature like a OSC or other, uh, you know, connection method, maybe we can expand it and, and we can create another interface, another application to, to uh, you know, manage its uh, options, I think.
0: What do you think of what Zoom is doing because it sounds like Zoom has really entered this same space yeah, with
2: Podtrack I think
0: <laughs> Yeah with things like yeah, the Podtrack yeah. I'm very excited yeah. about the Podtrack P4 which doesn't really have a touchscreen so,
2: yeah. yeah Yeah really really excited um when, I, when they uh, released the um, unit, I, I got an email uh, from a, um, a Zoom uh, Japanese, you know. Um, maybe we will start to work another beta period for the blind community, but the steps are not clean yet. But I read very, very great, um, you know, experiences and, you know, some user feedbacks about the device. But the only thing is, you know, we have to, uh, you know, as you discussed in the podcast uh, the, uh, as an apple employee uh, as a former apple employee i can i i can say that you know it is not possible to use lightning connection you know due to telephony api you know so we need to use uh these devices by connecting 3.5 uh to lightning adapter as well but when they if the clubhouse gets uh support for lightning connection directly if possible it will uh, i think i think every, everything will be a, you know will be game changer for us because uh, currently uh, Zoom can connect iOS devices with USB. Also, a broadcaster a can work uh, and multiple uh, multiple products are uh, working by lightning. But unfortunately, it is not possible to uh, for Clubhouse right now, but maybe for the future. But I'm looking forward to get a uh, Zoom P- uh, ProTrack T4 if I get before uh, you, I will connect you and we can, uh, we can, we can uh, you know, take it together.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, I know that Tim Cummings is working on a demonstration for the Blind Podmaker podcast feed. And, uh, you know, if he's when? waiting, we might get him here on Clubhouse to talk about it when he's ready. But it sounds really impressive. Now, the RME stuff... That's expensive equipment, man. Um, yeah, what, what, yeah, do you, what do you what do you see as them. the advice? I had a look at the price of some of these RME yeah, yeah. audio We interfaces. discussed in
2: the email, uh, and we we need to mention the uh, the uh, you know the uh, PodMaker email group as well, and um, we are waiting all users to join there. Yep. Yeah, we have discussed it there. Yeah, they are so expensive, uh, Jonathan. But if I to be honest, really, if I just to be honest, you know their microphone preamps are very, very good. For example, um, before getting this unit, I got a Liquid 56 from the Focusrite. The Phil Muir from UK recommended this unit. Hmm. But uh, when I connect my, you know, condenser or dynamic microphone, I have to, you know, turn the knob, uh, you know, completely to, to get a, you know, great sound. But for RME, you can only, you know, Uh, Turn the knob at once, for example.
0: I'm surprised about that for a condenser (laughs) mic, because since the condenser mics have phantom power, normally… Yeah, yeah, I know, I know, I know. know. But, you
2: know, the the preamps are, and, you know, the
0: the decibels
2: are, you know, the values are different as well. And also, for RME products, their Windows drivers are very solid and reliable. Maybe you can, you you know, make some research on the internet as well. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, they're expensive. Uh, I'm. I got the the unit, you know, because I'm just trying to make it accessible as well. Uh, I, I just bought my first unit, uh, duty and accessibility. But but now I can make everything, including loopback. Enable a loopback or making routing uh, or routing. You know, so making all functions completely without sighted help. Uh, you know, or without calling someone. And it is possible to use our RME interfaces, including Babyface Pro or Babyface FS, the new one, or the big one, for example, UFX, UFX Plus. Um, the 16-years-old RME uh, sound interfaces still getting driver updates.
0: Mm. Could you potentially do the same yeah. thing for Focusrite, which has this terrible inaccessible interface? Yeah, I would like to... Uh,
2: and also, lastly, before, uh, you know, going to um, to audience, I just would like to share something with you. Uh, a few uh, weeks ago, I have just created a, a Google, um, um, Google Doc, a sheet uh, to, to collect user uh, feedback about, you know, accessible audio interface. There are, I think, more than 50 entries were added uh by uh, because I have just posted to amplitude or r w p groups and multiple groups now i just um i'm just you know uh making these uh results readable for all and i will share the results uh, within the uh, podmaker uh, email group as well mm-hmm. uh, so there are, uh, you know, completely blind user reviews. Blind re- uh, user, uh, for example, which which device they are using, for example, di- which device uh, they don't have a feature for accessibility, or which which uh, functions it's possible to do, uh, you know, checking with the ex- uh, screen reader. So I think this is a great um, library for us. Maybe we can we can share the result w- uh, with the this club and also with the email group users as well.
0: Yeah, it is interesting the whole RME thing. I mean, I I hesitate to throw away my lovely third-generation focus right, but yeah, uh,
2: one day if you want to travel or if you want to, you know, move to uh, Turkey to to living there, uh, we can share out my RME device. No problem. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well,
0: good on you for for being so proactive and and uh, making something like this. I've also been having a look with interest at the Motu interfaces which seem to be yeah, I read your email. Uh-huh. accessible without any kind of uh, third-party solution hmm. but i haven't been able to find any interface from them that has the number of inputs and outputs that i need oh my god, <laughs> maybe they don't have you know number of inputs <laughs> yeah I, m- I might not just like be looking Lego. in the right place but i need probably at least eight. Analog inputs and uh, and outputs. That's what I would ideally like. And I I've, think
2: you're using eight i six right now.
0: Yeah, I which of course two of those inputs are and outputs are digital. So you know if I was going to upgrade, I'd I'd oh, like okay. a bunch right. of analog mm-hmm. outputs. Yeah.
2: Hmm. Yeah. okay i completely understand okay thank you for uh letting me to talk here and really uh, glad to talk to you after a few years later uh by voice thank you
0: well it's great thanks for all you're doing you know it's really cool when people kind of take control of a situation and try and make it better so thank you very much for all you're doing
2: no problem thank you so much.
0: all right hi jesse we'll talk with you next how are you
3: hi Jonathan. i'm good how are you
0: yeah marvelous thanks
3: so um, I'll keep it short, um, but I would like to share a few things that I've found when looking into ways of getting uh, quality audio into Clubhouse. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not a podcaster myself, nor do I have the ambition to become one, but I do like good audio and I do like uh, researching these kind of new technologies. So there are two things that I would like to share. Uh, First is if you plug in the Lightning to 3.5 millimeter adapter into your iPhone and connect a set of headphones that does not have an internal microphone, it disables some, if not all, of the pre-processing that the iPhone does. That's what I'm using right now to talk to you. Um, For some reason, it looks like it disables a lot of the echo cancellation Um, that is usually there when you have um, earbuds with a microphone or um, when you use the iPhone speaker. Um, So if you do not have um, proper microphones or things like that, but you still want to sound better than average on Clubhouse, um, you might consider getting this Lightning to 3.5 millimeter adapter and connecting it to headphones that do not have an internal microphone in in the wire. Um, yeah so you sound worth. really
0: nice and that's a good tip because the microphones and the iPhone are not bad actually you know there's a lot of processing that has to go on but the mics aren't bad
3: yeah and 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 when you figure out how to turn off this processing which you can apparently do when uh, when you use headphones um, it does sound a lot better
0: yeah that's impressive uh, that's a good tip
3: so so for those of you who do not have this this fancy mixers and USB microphones and all that you can still get pretty good audio.
0: Yeah, and um, it's also a, a hint for me because sometimes I find myself thinking, "Oh man, you know, I'd like to pop on Clubhouse, but I want to give a good impression and I don't really feel like going down to the studio, but you know, if you can yeah. do a quick connection like that and get that kind of audio, it's not so bad."
3: Yeah. Definitely. And, and the difference in quality between uh, low, medium, and high is also a lot more noticeable. Now I have to set it to high, um, and you hear a lot more difference.
0: No doubt about it. That's that's very good. Yeah. And apps like Backpack Studio, and I've seen a couple of other apps doing this, do actually have some settings that Apple has made available to um, developers through the APIs, where they can tweak the processing. So, Maybe that's also something that Clubhouse will do more of a little bit later, because the key to Clubhouse's success with all these competitors breathing down their necks is, I think, you know, what they offer creators in terms of uh, getting quality into the system.
3: Yeah, definitely. And then. Um, there's also, um, when when I listened to your um, podcast on getting audio into Clubhouse, you said that if you connect a USB microphone, it works, but it stopped working as soon as there were other people in the room. Mm. Um, so I don't have personal experience with this, but someone that I was talking to um was using a USB microphone in Clubhouse, and he said that it would work. Um, I've heard him use it. Um, He said it worked by first connecting the USB microphone and also having a Bluetooth earbud in, going into the Clubhouse room with the Bluetooth earbuds connected. And then once there are people um, with you in the room, disconnecting the Bluetooth earbuds. <laughs> and for some reason, I presume this is a bug and more a bug than a feature. For some reason, um, the audio switches over to the headphones instead of the iPhone speaker. So if you're willing to take the risk and, and try this out for yourself, that might be a route to, uh, to go and to experiment with.
0: Right. I need to get people in a private room for a little bit of experimentation and see if I can make that work. Because, uh, although <laughs> you know, now that I have this little Marshall handheld mic, which is doing a pretty reasonable job, I guess I've solved the problem in another way now. But, you know, if they can make it easier to get these lightning accessories working, then I think a lot of creators yeah. who care about their sound would be happy about that.
3: Yeah, so, so, so I think this is more of a bug than a feature, but mm. in, the, in the short term, you could try this out and you could uh, experiment with it in a private room and see if it works for you. Um,
2: and it might just as well work.
0: Very good. I will have a play. Jennifer, can I make a
2: comment for this? Please? Sure. Yeah, I have currently some USB mics available and I have just tried all of them with the Apple Lightning cam- uh, camera adapter, but... Um, uh, and also I, I read something on the forums and tried with earbuds and it didn't work here. I'm not sure due to voiceover or another something because, you know, it is using the sound outf- uh, out, out, you know, output as well. But uh, the Shure MV7 USB mic and also um, a Blue Yeti, the standard version, uh, the Black Edition, I think you know this mic, you mentioned it before. Mm. Uh, also, and the Rode USB Mini, uh, these are tried and not, worked for my setup. I just tried with, uh, you know, jumping from earbuds to, you know, USB uh, microphones and so on. I will try to to use it again, but it did not work for my setup.
0: Oh dear. Somebody's got some secret thing going on. There's actually a really good forum on Reddit. I don't know where everybody else is looking. but Yeah, uh, I'm following. <laughs> yeah, the, the Reddit forum for Clubhouse is really interesting. There's some people geeking out seriously in there. Yeah,
3: oh, that's interesting. I will give that a follow as well.
0: Wonderful, thank you, Jesse. That was really interesting. I appreciate that. No problem. All right, let's talk to Richard now. Hello, Richard.
4: Hey, uh, thanks for letting me speak. Um, You're welcome. And such. Um, I really appreciate this uh, room being created. I have some questions, I guess, around um, trying to get a podcast off the ground and um i guess my first step has been to try and research equipment um i heard you speaking about the scarlet uh, folk uh not being too too accessible i wonder if that's like if you're completely blind or if you're just low vision like are the knobs even don't even have like a tactile thing on them like
0: I would presume if you can if you can see the screen and you can work with the mouse pointer you will be okay but it is it is 100% I've never seen anything quite this bad it's 100% screen reader inaccessible and even if you use something like Hotspot oh. clicker which sometimes gets around these things you cannot it's as if there's just no text on the screen at all but if you can see the screen I would imagine you would be okay
4: Okay, because I use um like Zoom Text uh to use like Windows Zoom and such, and that gets me by uh, in situations like that. Yeah. Um because I'm a, a low, a legally blind, low vision type. Uh, see things up close, um, and then I can see it with a little bit more clarity. Um, so I, I I have a couple questions if if uh any guys might be able to answer in regards to like accessible setups. Go is for that it. all right? All right, cool. Um, so I've been looking into mics. Uh I was kind of like leaning towards the road pod mic. and um, then connecting that to a interface. Uh the other fella was talking about the road caster. Mm-hmm. Um that I don't know how accessible that is or it, like what What's a good interface for accessibility uh, if you're low vision? Um, I'm kind of curious.
0: I suppose it would depend on the degree of your vision. So with the Roadcaster, they have a touchscreen. So the Roadcaster is kind of like a combination Mm -hmm. of audio interface and mixer. And some of the controls are exclusively from the touchscreen. There's no other way around it than to use the touchscreen. And so that might depend on how... Uh, clear the printers, or how good the contrast is. If you can get your yeah. hands to look at one, uh, so it's all built in. It's sort of luggable, so you can take it places and set it up, and plug microphones into it, and uh, and so it's kind of an all-in-one solution. Um, the other option in a similar space would be the Zoom Pod Track line, which is looking very good. The P8 has a touchscreen, but the P4 does not. And so they are really nice pieces of kit that both of these have a feature called mix minus, which means that you can plug your iPhone into them or even your computer into them and use tools like Skype or Zoom or hopefully something better than Skype or Zoom if you're doing a podcast and um, eliminates the feedback that you often get where. Uh, somebody who you're interviewing over an iPhone can hear themselves echoing back. So both the Rodecaster and the Zoom products take care of the mix Minus. You can also do that with a good audio interface, though, with a feature called Loopback. And um, Motu, uh, the uh, RME that we've been talking about, and Focusrite, all their new products have a Loopback option as well. So there are lots of options. I think the Rode mic is a good choice. Um, lots of people have really good things to say about the Rode mic.
4: Yeah, uh what was the zoom one that you had said what what, what model
0: is that? So there's the P4 and then there's yeah. the P8. So the number refers to how many inputs the uh, device has. Yeah. And so with the P4 you'll get a, you'll get 4 XLR inputs and you'll also get an input for the Mix-. minus. Um, the P8 is the one with the touch screen and it has more inputs as well.
4: Yeah, I don't need anything too too big. Um, And then that would connect to my computer. Uh, I've heard about like the cloud lifter. Is that really like anything special? I don't (laughs) think that you
0: will need a cloud lifter for the Rode Pod mic. Uh, So where the cloud lifter comes in is certain mics like the the Shure, some of the Shure microphones are very low because they're dynamic mics and some of them are extremely low in their volume. And the cloud lifter is just going to give you a clean, say, up to, 10 or 20, I think, dB boost. Um, if you get a good audio interface and a mic like the Rode Pod mic, I'm pretty sure you'll get by without a cloud lifter.
4: Gotcha. Cool, cool, cool. And then, um, as for like audio quality going to headphones, um, for like, uh, I'm kind of an audiophile myself, uh, and my headphones broke. So I'm like, okay, time <laughs> to start looking. Um, they lasted me a good seven years, so all right. Uh, I was kind of looking at, like, Sennheiser or Audio-Technica's uh, ATH-M50, uh, so they're more of a monitor-type uh, headphone and really good audio quality, it sounds like, uh, from some reviews. Uh, and then connecting uh, that to, like, an amp, I was thinking. Um Any recommendations when it comes to uh, uh, headphones or amps?
0: I don't have specific model numbers for you, so I'll open it up and see if anybody uh, else has any specific uh, models of headphones that they would recommend. The one thing I would say is that I'd be happy to buy… Specifically amp. Yeah. so, So when you say apps, what are you wanting the app to do?
4: Oh, amp, sorry.
0: Oh, okay, okay. Right. Yeah, well, so I'll open it up okay. there. I'd be happy to buy microphones based on reviews that I've heard and other people using them and things like that. But I think for headphones, that's one of those things where I reckon they're really personal to the individual. Yeah. And so I would tend to want to listen to them before I made a purchase, I think. Well, good luck with your journey. What's your podcast going to be on?
4: Um, uh, accessibility. Uh. So, uh, like, general accessibility Uh. and... Uh, yeah, I've kind of been a disability rights activist, and so trying to uh, bring conversations around uh, marginalized communities and such, and and putting a shine on uh, current events and current topics uh, from like a disability lens. So wow, a lot like, of people.
0: Sounds like a podcast I monitor. would listen to. Yeah, so I hope it. I hope it goes well. Thanks. All right. Good luck. And if anyone wants to chime in on any of those uh, thoughts there, do feel free. Thanks, Richard. we'll talk to Matt now. Hi, Matt.
5: Hey, Jonathan. Good to talk to you. Yeah. So first, I'll just I'll just say that I'm talking on my AirPods, not my PodTrek 4. All right. We'll P4. forgive you. Um, so uh, <laughs> it doesn't mean it's bad quality. It's just different quality. Right. Um, so I'll, I'll just give a couple of comments on the P4 because I've been using it for the last two weeks or three weeks. Um uh, I have some vision, so I have low vision. There are features of it that are not accessible if you're totally blind. But as a low vision person, I do, I can put it underneath my CCTV, see the levels, change the contrast, go into the menus, make some changes, things like that. Um, I, I actually love the device. Um, I wish there was an app for it so I could control it totally blind friendly. Um, I can't. So today this is what I do with it. Um, you could use it for, you know, doing things on zoom without needing the menus. The benefit of the menus is if you want to relabel label sound pads and, you know, change the music on sound pads, record stuff onto the device and take it off, change your settings for your mic and things like that. But if, if you don't, you know, if you get all of those set, you don't need the menus outside of that, you know. There's. It'd be nice if there was some sounds when you mute a mic and things like that in your ear to let you know that it's muted or unmuted. Otherwise, you have to depend on, you know, just testing if the mics are muted. There are, like you said, there's four inputs um, for for the XLR. Um, the first two are straight mic. Um, the third one is also um, uh, can you could switch it all the way over to the um, 3.5 millimeter um, jack. And the fourth one is the USB or computer input as well as XLR. So you have to swap between the two wow. um, if you want to use the mic. And then, you know, the, the recordings get pushed to a an SD card. So you could obviously pop the recording out and, and put it in a computer and read the files that way. Or you could transfer if you have enough vision to do that. Um, so out of that, I mean, that's a, it's a great device. So for those who want to play with it, it's a from a price perspective, I also think it's fair and reasonable for a quality device. Um, and I'd speak to the mic and, and um, headphones. I, I went ahead and got a zoom set of uh, mic and headphones that, that were packaged together for the um, pod uh, track P four. And it's uh, the model number ZDM one PMP. I don't know much more than that in terms of the title of it but it's ZDM-1 PMP, and it's a pretty good set. It came with the microphone with a stand. It came with all the cables you needed. The only cable it didn't come with, out of all the cables I needed, was um, two pieces. One is that the um, Lightning to 3.5 millimeter, and then a um, 3.5 millimeter you need a, um, a TRRS cable. Mm-hmm. If you don't have that, your net's not, not going to work. So that's the one thing you need, is a mail-to-mail cable.
0: The one thing I'd say is that a lot of us over the years have used Zoom products like the H6, and so we've kind of got good at using a cheat sheet on some sort of product that we have access to, yeah. like a note take or, so, or something like that. So you can memorize the menu choices, I guess. At a Correct. Bunch. Yeah. Yeah,
5: Yeah. you can. The The only challenge is um, you got to remember that when you go back into the menus, they start where you left yeah. off. Yeah, <laughs> that's Not a Zoom thing. Where, not at the top of the menu. So, you know, if you're if you're in the sound pad, you're going to start in the sound pad. If you're in the files menu, you're going to start in the files menu. So those are the, the key differences. I think you can memorize the menus. They're not, it's not like a complicated menu set. You understand that you can, when you want to delete a file, you arrow down two times, you land on delete, press, you know, the enter key, which is also the, the, um, uh, stop key um and then then it pops up a menu and it it defaults on cancel and you arrow up one you press enter and it's on execute and sends the file on its way so yes there are but there are sometimes error messages and so you know if you can't see it you may think you're doing something and you have to go back and try it out
0: you were talking to zoom i understand do you think they might have an app for this because with the F6, which I do have, and I really like the F6 because it does the 32 bit float, which means that it's really impossible for a blind person to give it too much level. You can correct it in post-production. And I find that incredibly reassuring. They have a pretty okay app for the F6 that allows you to configure the inputs and do a range of things like that. Do you think they'd ever go there with the pod track line?
5: Um. I mean it's all I mean I'll ask the question cuz I have some connections there now but I, I would say that the part of the reason they this is just an assumption part of the reason they do it with the F6 is that people may be strapping it to a That's it. You yeah. know a you know to a, um, a camera stand and therefore yes. they don't always can't reach it so they want to be away from the camera to be able to make adjustments. So the the reason for the F6 being a field unit versus the the you know P4 which is more for the office um, I think maybe some other reasons. Yeah. But I'll, I'll, I can ask the question for sure and, and let you know what I hear.
0: Well, it's a lovely byproduct then because uh, I, I, for example, was able independently to go in and configure the inputs. So, for example, I have Phantom Power set up on a couple because I have some Sony Lavalier mics and uh, you can do different things like that. One, one input is, uh, in fact, a couple of inputs for stereo are set to line. So when I do technology demos that requires me to connect, say, to the, well, the last one I did was the Samsung Fire, uh, the Samsung TV, and then I did the Amazon Fire TV, just having that flexibility to set the inputs in that way is just a, a huge time saver.
5: Yeah, and that's a it's I I love the features of the P four for doing what I mean, obviously you're doing it through the app and some other stuff, right? Is the way you're doing that. Yeah. Yeah. The the, the P four also is limited to XLR inputs and the two inputs I mentioned. I think yours and the P eight also have additional input styles. Yes. Um, so you know, not having a quarter inch jack is something so don't go buy a mic without knowing what kind of input you have on the mixer is an important component.
0: Yeah, and Gary O'Donoghue, who I know is in the audience today has actually set uh, his Zoom F6 up so that he's got mix minus working, so he's actually coming into Clubhouse now with the Zoom F6, so it can be done, but I think that requires a bit of jiggery-pokery as well, so clearly the P4 is a lot easier for, for a podcast use case.
5: Yeah, it defaults to it on so there's not any effort there as long as you have the proper cable.
0: Very good. Well, thank you very much for all that intel, Matt. I really appreciate
5: that. Not a problem. Have a good day, John. All right, you too.
0: Jonathan,
2: before going, uh, can I make some comments? Of course. Okay. First of all, I think the Richie asked for a headphone, I think, if I'm not wrong. Yes. Uh, you know? Um I can recommend uh, get a AKG 240, K240. This is a a quarter inch and also has an adapter to, you know, connect 3.5 connections directly. It's a, um, uh, you know, semi-open type uh, headphone, studio headphone. So it is uh, very comfortable to work for, you know, multiple hours. uh, You know, Um, I can recommend K240 from AKG. And for PodMic, I'm using it. Uh, he really don't need a cloud lifter because mm. uh, it is working with you know uh, Rodecaster Pro and also with my uh, sound interface. It's, it's a dynamic, you know. Uh, but it, for for the price range, it is really good microphone and don't need a cloud lifter. And lastly, for Rodecaster Pro, I just would like to give a some information, maybe only uh, forty five seconds or like. Um, which uh, settings are accessible or which one is not uh, if you want sure go ahead yeah okay so firstly thank you matt for uh, podtrack p4 um, now in the device you have four microphone xlr connection you have also a 3.5 trs uh, trrs connection for uh, phone or other connection and also it is working a USB interface with Type C connection. It has eight sound pads uh, and also faders for all channels and a monitor control knob, main output, and four different knobs for headphone control. Um, and also button for stop and start recording. A button for uh, mute and solo for each channel, and also a four button for selecting channel and also a button for uh, you know power off the unit. So when you use the unit as an audio audio interface, it is really good and working with Reaper and all products without problem. And there is no any latency problem on it. So um, when the unit is first come, it is automatically set to use pod mic uh, microphone uh, with the standard host connection the, the channel one. So you can connect your pod mic and start to recording to uh, SD card by pressing the uh, button or uh, connecting to your computer uh, and you set it uh, input uh, to your Reaper r- or other DAW. Uh, it is working. The problems are it is not possible to enable Phantom Power without cited help. Unfortunately, uh, this is a big issue and we're waiting for the change, but they have promised they will change with the, you know, um, changing with the software update. So and it is not possible to record or changing the playback type of the sound uh, pads because they have support for more than four different uh, soundpads playing uh, system. But for Windows, uh, when you install road application, everything is can be controlled by the application. It is not accessible, but we have tried, and we saw that NVDA CBIAC application, is allows us to load change sound packs and other options now if Alexia has a time we will create a preset for the users and it is possible to make almost all options options of the device directly on the windows pc and uh, it is sorry it is automatically uh, applying the units
0: yeah that's all fantastic so Thank i guess you. my my question for you is if you yeah. had some sighted assistance to get this thing set up mm-hmm. to begin with yeah. could you do your day-to-day podcasting with it once it's set up
2: yeah when when you when you set up your unit for example uh, let me uh, give my setup example the the channel 1 is a dynamic microphone the channel 2 is a, a dynamic microphone without a noise gate for example and the third uh, and fourth channels are set to phantom power for the condenser mics. When you set this option and when you enable mix minus for USB or TRS, TRS, yeah. uh, TRS sorry, you have two options in there. So, uh, yes, when you set your options at once, you don't need any sided help to make these options uh, again. Yeah, it's, mm. it's saving to you it and you don't need to do anything. Yeah, it's, it's saving. It's really great. Yeah.
0: Okay, and so w- when you're using it with Reaper, I presume that each of those channels is appearing as separate tracks. Oh, yeah, but you, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The, the
2: device has two ch- uh, two modes. Uh, f- normally, it is starting starting to work with um, you know audio interface mode with right. this uh, option. You have two inputs and outputs on it like a stereo. But okay. if you enable uh, multi-track mode, you will see 14 all 14 channels in a different track. The first uh, two tracks will be mixed down for all output, the main output, and the other 12 up- outputs will be a, a different uh, channel per, per uh, connection.
0: Right. Just before we talk to Daniel, a reminder that you're in the Blind Podmaker room. And if you're not following the club already, please feel free. Also, if you are a podcaster yourself and you would like to start your own room in the Blind Podmaker Club, if I can see really clearly from your bio that you are a blind podcaster, I will just go through the followers from time to time and invite people to become members. But if I miss you, please get in touch. Once you're following the Blind Maker Club, we can make you a member. And you're very welcome to start your own rooms if you have any kind of tips or tricks you want to share or a gadget you want to tell us about. And before people do start to disperse, a reminder that we do also have the email list, which is turning into a fantastic forum for blind podcasters to just commune with one another on a wide range of geeky topics like this, you can subscribe to that email list by sending a blank email to creators-subscribe at theblindpodmaker.com. That's creators-subscribe at theblindpodmaker.com. Now, as part of that, we're also well and truly rocking now with our Dropbox folder. The way this works is like a kind of an honesty box system. So you send me a promo of no more than 60 seconds in length for your podcast, and I will add it to the Dropbox of blind podcaster promos. And then you join that blind podcaster promo Dropbox by asking me to add you, and you will see all the other promos for your fellow blind podcasters in that Dropbox folder. The idea is that we all agree to play each other's promos because one of the big problems that we have with over 2 million podcasters out there these days is um, discovery. And so, one of the things that I'm very lucky uh, to enjoy is having been around forever. And so, you know, I've got uh, many thousands of people listen to Mosin at Large every week. I'm very happy to publicize other people's podcasts. And hopefully, you'd be willing to do the same. And that way, Hopefully people who listen to your podcast might like mine and vice versa. So do join the Blind Podmaker group. We're really bringing a sense of community to the blind podcasting industry. Uh, Well and truly overdue, I think, because nobody can listen to a single podcast 24-7. So why not help each other out? And let's talk to Daniel. Hi, Daniel.
6: Hey, Jonathan. Can you hear me Okay. Yes, and thank you for waiting. No problem. It's been actually a very good discussion, and I very much appreciate you know the advice of everybody in this room. Just a couple of follow-ups uh, with regards to the scarlet um, the, the focus Scarlett inaccessibility, I would say. It is still possible, even' if it's far from ideal, to use several things if you're using the Mac application. So one thing you can do is you can load your own presets if you have created them. And I guess these presets are kind of files that you store in your hard drive. So that's, I guess, I haven't tried that myself yet, but I think it would be an easy thing to do to just, just copy and paste those, those files and probably share that, those with, with people. I just have mine and I use them, but I don't, I don't know if if that would be possible. Maybe that's something we, might, we may end up trying. And the other thing you can do is there are already a set of output presets configured. In the application, so by just going to the menu in in the Mac application, you can select them and you can load them into the system, actually into the uh, the Scarlett uh, unit, and uh, that's proven to be quite useful for me. Uh, as I say, it's it's not definitely the solution, and I guess we should be kind of trying to convince you know the, the, the folks, right, people, to uh, make this uh, software accessible, but that's definitely something doable in the Mac. I. Haven't found a way to do it in Windows. Um, I mean, loading presets and changing presets—that's probably something you can comment on if you have found a way. But just for those of you on the Mac, that's that's uh, that's doable. That's that's one thing. The other thing regarding uh, headphones—I think there's two things that that Richard can can uh, maybe uh, track or. Or ask you know that the people helping him or, or assisting him if, if he's going to a store or something. The first thing is if you are using headphones to produce audio and to actually mix audio, you need to make sure that the equalization is is as flat as possible. You don't want to have you know a. a, a a high boost or a low or low boost or anything like that, and secondly it's important now that we we are discussing about this type of uh, you know uh, interfaces and stuff that the impedance uh, goes according to your specific uh, uh Unit that you're using, the, the higher the impedance, if I'm not mistaken, the the better the audio representation of the of the headphones. But also, there's going to be a problem with volume, especially if you're using, you know, one of those interfaces that are a little bit volume uh, lacking. If you want in, in, in the in the headphone jack, that's going to be an issue. So also, the the impedance needs to be looked looked at. Yeah, a
0: couple of things from that, and some really good tips. Um, I. Found that once I got my focus right set up, I haven't really needed to tweak it very much. I've got settings in my studio that just work for me, so I haven't played with presets too much. But I have said to focus right, you know, if you know that your software is inaccessible and you do seem very apologetic about it, you know, <laughs> um, why don't you just fix it? And apparently, there's a third party library involved some third-party software that they're using and they apparently are leaning on that third party to try and get it fixed so i am hopeful because i really quite like the focus right audio interface and some very good points regarding headphones i listened to a great podcast called the podcast engineering show and i think it was there that they were talking about how really important it is to monitor your output in a range of settings so What sounds pretty good on your headphones, even if they're kind of monitor headphones that are nice and flat and they're not kind of trying to boost the signal, sometimes when you listen to speakers, you start hearing imperfections
6: in your mix that you otherwise would have missed. That's absolutely true. And I I've suffered this myself, you know, just not not listening in, in places, in different places. You're just just following up with you on on the Scarlet thing. I actually uh, had had this this several conversations with with technical support, and they kind of yeah, as, as you say, they are quite apologetic. Actually, they told me they were actually working on on an accessible uh, version of the application. Mm. Which you know, I, I was very happy about that when I first contacted them. But then you know, the months go by, and there seems to be no update on that stuff. But I said to them, maybe if you if if you spend a little bit more on the on the presets that you already have, and try to you know work on the different scenarios that a, that a podcaster or or a musician would would be working on, and you make these accessible. On the Windows part, because as I say in the Mac, you can actually change the the presets, but not so on on the Windows uh, part of things. If if, if, you know, if I'm not mistaken, that would be already a huge step forward in 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 regards to accessibility. So maybe that that's kind of the workaround for that.
0: I I mean, anything would be a huge improvement because right now it's completely unusable. It's
6: completely unusable. Yeah. Well, thank you very much, Jonathan. I'm, I'm done speaking, and it's, it's a pleasure to be here with, with you all. Thank you, Daniel. Good to hear from you.
0: We'll wrap it up for the Blind Podmaker this week. Now, a couple of reminders before we go, and thank you so much for being here today. The first is that if you have a particular thing that you would like to tell us about, maybe give a bit of a presentation, a piece of equipment, uh, maybe on interviewing. We had Gary talking about that a couple of weeks ago. Perhaps you want to tell us about a podcast hosting service you use. Anything relating to podcasting from a blindness perspective, you would be very welcome to present here. We do this at the same time every week. And it is going to be the same time now for a wee while, now that all the clocks have stopped moving around. So it will be this time next week and for a few months to come. And if you would like to do that, please do get in touch with your ideas. Drop me an email to jonathan at mushroomfm.com. And it would be great to have you on stage and giving a presentation. And, of course, we also distribute these for the Blind Podmaker podcast. And, of course, that email list is available to you as well. So we'll wrap it up and say thank you so much for being a part of the Blind Podcasters Roundtable. And be sure to subscribe to the Blind Podmaker, as they say, wherever you get your podcasts. See you soon.